Welcome to Full Speed Ahead right here at Freight Alley. I'm here with Dan Cushman, the CEO of PAM Transport, or PTSI is a public uh, company. You guys have had a standout couple of years. What do you attribute to the success of PAM? Um, I, I think we have clearly identified who we are, what we want to be, and being the best at what we do in, in every division that we participate in. Um, and, and we do that extremely well. Um, I guess when I first got there, it was really focused on, on establishing a sustainable profit model. And I feel like we've done it and we're, we're true to our, our uh, true to ourselves. Now, how long have you been at PAM? Been, been there for 10 years. 10 Just years, celebrated a long, long time. 10 year anniversary, yeah. So you got there at the time the, the financial crisis was, was still underway, would have been 2009. Yeah. The auto market, which you guys were, you know, Pam has been known historically as an auto carrier and, and a lot of exposure to the auto sector. But you went from 2009 and one of the things that that you guys have done a really good job is diversification away from auto, still core part of your business. Uh, I'm wondering what, how did you make that transition and move away from the cyclical nature of, of that market and and really build an enterprise that's generating profits regardless of what the, that yeah. sector is doing? When I, when I got there, uh, I, I was told during the interview process that 63% of our business was automotive. Um, what they left out was that was just with one customer. It was all with General Motors. So um, 63% of our business. And of course- With I, one client. With one, one client. And, I, and that client happened to go through bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. So we went through a year where we lost 20 million, another year where we lost 15 million. So when I got there, I was looking at it and I looked at the customer list and it was very, very clear to me that we had to make changes. We had to diversify. But I even had a decision to make that could have been the time that we exited automotive. I mean, based on my background, I never was really involved in automotive. So we had, I think, the chance to do that. But I realized we were great at it. I think maybe the best in our sector at it. So I wasn't going to abandon it, but I needed to grow up around it. And uh, I don't think now there's an OEM that we don't do business with. Mm -hmm. But... Um, our largest customer, General Motors, still is less than 20%. And GM's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> Big strike that's taken place with the UAW. Um, that has, has to be a big headwind for your business. Oh, yeah. Um, I refer to it as our, our gut punch. Um, again, I've been there 10 years. We've had uh, some really strong automotive years where everyone says, well, it's probably good to be an automotive mm -hmm. Uh, service provider, and we've had some leaner years, but every year for us in that business has been good. You've got some down times during the holidays that, that are just part of the business. Um, if you don't make a, uh, if you shut down a plant, you might hit, get hit with a $45,000 claim. <laughs> there are some things about it that are bad. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's been another strike in, in, since 15 years ago. Mm. So I was joking with you earlier, Craig, I'm pretty sure if there's a next one, I won't be doing this. So uh, it's something we- You'll had still be to, around, but yeah, on an island retired somewhere. I'll still somewhere. be around. But it's, uh, you know, it's a gut punch, but we've got that sustainable profit model in place. Uh, my team geared up to do everything we could to generate more business, to keep our drivers. Um, during that difficult month and a week strike, 
we've actually grown our fleet by 10 drivers. Mm. I was worried because we've got 400 drivers dedicated to General Motors. I was worried that that fleet could shrink 100 wow. or more. And you kept them running. Uh, you took brokerage freight. You took freight that could keep the drivers running. Uh, that wasn't long in terms of commitments, but would would keep, you know, make the uh, the trucks run and, and, and so the drivers had loads. Yes. Yeah. Asked every driver, do you want to run? Would you like to take some time off? And the vast majority said, no, you know, um, I don't have anything planned to take time off. I want to run. So, yeah, we ran them. We- you guys have defied a lot of the uh, performance of the market. You know, one of the things we talk a lot about here is market performance. We study the, ec- the economy, specifically the freight cycles. Uh, but it seems like Pam has been running counter to those cycles. Uh, is it just that you think you guys are better at execution? Or do you, is it focus? What's driving? Is it a cultural element to it? Um, so when I first got there, I thought we had a pretty good grasp on, on the cost side of the business. I knew I, needed to gener- I had to generate a whole new market structure. We were so fragmented. We had no identity in the marketplace. Um, when I got there, Pam had made five or six acquisitions over the years. Companies like Decker, McNeil, Allen Freight, Choctaw. And we actually had salespeople going around handing out those cards mm. versus Pam Transport. And uh, we, we really focused on, okay, who are we? Uh, we've got a cross-border operation that's second to none. Uh, we know it. We understand it. We're good at it. Somebody told me years ago, um, I helped launch Mexico when I was at Warner. And they said, don't do it if you don't have the stomach for it. What's that mean? Well, you know, you got to take care of your equipment. You got to, you just got to always keep an eye on things. And and we do that, man. We cross every T, we dot every I. Um, I think that we're the, I I think that we're the best in the two hardest things that there are to do, automotive and Mexico. Yeah, some of the other larger, or large asset carriers have actually moved out of Mexico. U.S. Press did it last year. Covenant did it this year. You guys, any plans to stay or are you going to stay committed to Mexico? Oh, man, it's uh, 50% of what we do is cross-border. Wow. Okay. Yep. And um, I go down there a lot. I go down there five, six times a year. Um, going to Monterey for a freight guy is like a kid in the candy store. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there's a new plant being built. Yeah. I mean, literally, I drive around, what's that? What's that? What's that? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Back in my old back in my old days as an LTL carrier, I used to park my car and make eleven calls walking. I I did the same right, thing. Man. I started <laughs> so I uh, US Express when I was working for my dad's company uh, had an experiment I'll call it uh, where they had an LTL division, and it was airport to airport LTL. Uh, when we thought that was a good idea, it wasn't, by the way. Uh, but I would park and drive into all the docks, and my boss, who was an old roadway guy, used to talk about. You wouldn't go to the front. You'd walk through the dock to get to the yeah. back to find the right, transportation right, manager. Right. So I was well, that kid trying that's to. How, that's how I it. feel when I'm in Mexico. It's yeah. like, look at and all count, these opportunities. You're looking at whose trailers are there. And yeah. Like, how do they get oh, that business? Yeah. Same. Those days. Yeah. 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 So, no, we are so committed to it. And you talked about us kind of um, uh, performing counter. You guys are doing it. I mean, I, I think. It should be said you've had a remarkable couple of years in a market that there are cyclical headwinds 
and you performed way above the market. And I think there's something really special about your performance. And I'm just curious, what is what is driving that that's, that the other carriers have not been able to emulate? Um, we do some things that other people don't want to do. I think there are people that are trying to do that and like find a mile. And mm-hmm. I, I respect that, that that's not us, but Mexico's hard. I get why people pull out if they don't have what I think, what I think is the right model. And mm-hmm. I don't know that what I think is right, but it works for us. Um, automotive is hard. Right. And, and if you're not careful, it'll, it'll bleed you. Yeah. And we're careful. If we have a truck order not used fee that we're due, we collect it. Mm-hmm. They don't volunteer to pay it, Craig. So <laughs> you got to collect it. So yeah. I think that we do that better than anybody else. And detention is obviously a big deal. Big deal. But, but, but more importantly, I mean, I ran some automotive uh, back in my day, and you know, we shut down a plant. It was a seventy-five thousand dollar claim that, that we had to pay. And right. So it, it is a. There is a lot of money in automotive yep. if you do it and do it well, right. but there's a ton of risk that if you're not operationally yep. uh, engineered for it, it'll eat you up. It, it will eat yeah. you up. You know, it was kind of funny when I first took, when I first got at Pam on our trailers, it says, our service makes the difference. And I remember asking, do you believe that? <laughs> and people were like, ah, I don't, wasn't even aware it was there. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's there. Yeah. So are we going to live up to it? If not, let's scrap the decals, right? right? But Ford, Chrysler, General Motors, Nissan, all of them, you got to be 99 plus percent on time. Mm-hmm. So you have that discipline in your operation. It, it just uh, snowballs through everything else you do. Imagine you go talk to FedEx and you say, um, we're carrier of the year for Chrysler. We perform at a 99.5% on time level with all these guys. I can do business with you. They. But yes, you can. Yeah. And then we win FedEx carriers. Because they know the year. there's money on right. the line if you don't right. if you don't hit right. those numbers. You know, it's interesting because as I learn more about your business and we and we talk about the PAM story, you've not only had one headwind with the General Motors strike, but you actually have had an entirely different headwind with the cross border issues. And I'm wondering how do you guys navigate this environment where um, you know, trade is is under attack, borders are under attack. It's got to create a lot of instability in your operations. Um, you know, we've had times where we've had border shutdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been demonstrations on the border and interrupted uh, service for a day or two. Um, yeah, those things are hits. Um, our customers are alerted of it immediately. We make adjustment on delivery schedules. But overall, you know, you, you overcome those. Yeah. The The... You think about automotive, and I, I don't want to harp on it because you guys have really diversified away from it, but I'm, I'm just curious, this theory about peak automotive, uh, that the automotive market, we've already seen peak production cycles, that younger people are not buying the two automobiles, one automobile, and then maybe in the next five years with autonomous, they may not buy any automobiles. Is that Have you guys thought through that, or is that even I, on your radar? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, I remember working for a guy many years ago who, we, we were complaining about how tough the Chicago market had become at that time. And he said, well, I'm not talking about hauling all the freight. I'm just talking <laughs> about hauling 20 a day. Right. right. Um, so automotive production is really down. Mm-hmm. It's down from 18 million to 
60.5. That's still a lot of cars being built, Craig. <laughs> yeah. We're not hauling it all, man. Right. So, you got a long no, way to so, go. There's I don't, those yeah. Ubers and those lifts and those autonomous vehicles yeah. got to be hauled by somebody. Right, right, right. Maybe it'll squeeze out all of the right. folks that don't aren't operationally centric. Yeah. So that isn't necessarily yeah. a horrible thing. So, you know, freight and trucking is under a lot of pressure these days. There's conversations about whether you want to call it the driver shortage, driver squeeze, just the inability to get qualified drivers to uh, stay inside the industry. How do you guys deal with uh, driver challenges and recruitment and retention? What is it that, that you guys are doing that, that you think separates you? Yeah. Well, all through this time, we've had, we've had great growth. Last year, we grew 20%. Uh, this year, we're not growing at that level, but, but uh, we're still growing. Um, we have a great network to recruit drivers. Um, uh, we recruit students, always been a big part of our model. Um, things have changed in that arena a little bit. We now do more qualified, but we tell a driver if they come and drive for us, we'll have you on a dedicated run, most likely within three months. So there's no reason you bring them in, you train them, which we in the you know the industry's always said there are training fleets. There's mm -hmm. a couple that that come to mind, but you guys have said we're going to train you, but then we're going to we want the permanent employment here with Pam, and not with a company down the street or around the country. Right, and and, and we used to do something that wasn't good, wasn't popular. Um, after students completed their training, we pretty much forced them to team mm. for a couple more months. And we lost a lot of drivers doing that. So they didn't want to share a cab? No. Yeah. yeah. Um, we stopped that. Our, our student turnover has, has been cut in half. Um, but I think we've got the best jobs to offer in the industry. Uh, we can put somebody on a dedicated run within about three months of employment. And he's got to, you know, and, and what, are the, what do people want, I believe, consistency and this is dedicated i know where i'm picking up and where i'm delivering every yes. single, every single yeah. week or yep. whatever yeah because again if you think about who we are and what we are 50 percent we what we do is automotive and almost all of that is round trip mm -hmm. uh 50 of what we do is cross border that's a long length of haul to and from we've got we've got power corridors from laredo through tennessee to michigan and we'll get a driver there and back. And yeah. we do it. I think we do it better than as good as anyone else. Now, who, of, of the other carriers, who do you most admire? Um, I worked for Warner for 10 years. They do so many things right. Um, J.B. Hunt, I admire them as a corporation. We don't do a whole lot you're in similar. The, you're not very far <laughs> right, away. Right. Like, no, but yeah. I, I know a lot of people that work there. And yeah, great. they've done it. I mean, yeah. a company that has transitioned almost rewritten the script, yeah. if you will. Um, they're by far one of the most innovative yeah. carriers. And yeah. I have a ton of respect for Hans yeah. as well. So. Yeah. I, and I spent a lot of time looking at all that. What are people yeah. doing? What are they saying? What's their culture? You know, um, here I come here and I visit you. You've got a very people-friendly work culture. Mm -hmm. I've worked hard to make Pam transport that. We, yeah. we used to not be, in my opinion. I think trucking, you know, it's interesting because... Uh, uh, trucking has historically been a very top-down, paternal, like matriarchal uh, uh, environment where it was sort of, you know, 
whether it's forced dispatch, you know, you, you work here and you're lucky to have the job is the historical mm -hmm. thing. But a generation, you know, younger people, they they can leave at any moment in time. They don't understand that. Yeah. And they aren't going to work for a yeah. company yeah. that they don't believe in. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think just looking at the financial metrics of, of what you have achieved at PAM is remarkable. And I think it certainly says that you're doing the right things. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, as you think about technology, innovation and impacts on this industry, where does that, what does that mean for PAM? Um, I th we've got to maintain pace operationally. Anything, well, we're here to visit you because I think you've got some tools that would help us in our day-to-day -day operation. Um, our logistics division is growing, uh, again, defying the odds of what's going on in the industry this year. We're, we're um, outperforming others. Our margins are still real positive. We're still making um, good money, but we've got a lot to learn technology-wise to enhance that product. Um, I don't think we're ever gonna be a cutting-edge technology company Craig, but uh, we'll, we'll take what fits us and, and learn from it. So I get asked this all the time. I'm going to ask you, you know, it's coming autonomous trucks. When, it, when, when do you think they'll happen? Driverless? Is it five year story? 10 year 20? Oh yeah. I think I say 20. Everyone's been pushing me to 10, <laughs> but here, I'll tell you what I work for a rail related company. That company was 100% proved, approved to run without a caboose, okay? And I might screw the story up a little bit, but uh, we ran 75 unit trains. We were approved to run, run 120, but we couldn't do any of that because still needed safety, 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 right, safety, right. safety. Although we didn't have a caboose and we didn't have a caboose, man. He set up in front still had to abide by all these regulations. Um, I just don't see us getting to the point in five years, even 10 years where we're comfortable. I think you'll have driver assist, a ton of driver assist, but I don't think we're comfortable having a driver pulling a 44,000 yeah. pound payload without anybody in it. I, yeah, I, I just don't see it. It's easier to have drones or you know, uh, autopilots because there's nothing around them once they take off and land. It's very difficult when you have an 80,000 pound truck going down the highway and a deer runs out in the road or mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have a lot of things you can't control about the environment. Right. It's difficult. And not to mention the regulatory environment. I mean, we have a very dysfunctional government Everywhere. Absolutely. As, and so trying to get the states, the municipalities, and the federal government to agree on anything yep. is tough. Yep. So good luck with yep. that, right? Yep. Yeah. So we'll yep. see. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming to Chattanooga oh, today. Pleasure. And uh, would love to have you. And uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, are you going to be at Freightways Live in Chicago? Um, don't have plans yet, but talk me into it. All right. All November right. 12th and 13th, All Freightways right. Live. We're going to talk Dan into coming. It's in Chicago. If you haven't got tickets, get those today. Uh, you can find them on the Freightways Live, uh, Freightways.com website under events. We will see you there.